Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I've spoken previously about self-acceptance and self-esteem, and today we're going to go deep on self-love. We'll talk about the differences between these three terms and how they relate, of course. And then you'll learn my top five ways to cultivate self-love so you can start having the relationships and the life you so richly deserve. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. What you doing? What you doing right now? Are you driving? Are you, are you sitting at home? Are you folding laundry? Are you at work? What are you, what are you doing? I want to know. Uh, I am here in my office on a, on a beautiful day in sunny Northern California. It's been raining a lot lately, so uh, it feels good. Although all Californians ever say is, oh, we really needed the rain, uh, even as we're complaining about it. But anyway, uh, so today, self-love, can you feel it? We're, we're not going to sing Kumbaya, I promise. I know this, my cynical New Yorker is like, self-love, ugh. Uh, go hug a teddy bear, you know, my part of me. But I have to tell you, today is, as always, when I'm doing the research for my uh, epi- these episodes, I always learn a lot. And I had to really go deep myself with this because, so I had a lot of people who either, I had uh, one person I'm thinking in particular DM me on Instagram, but I had a couple emails. I've just had different ways that people have been asking me about self-love, often in terms of, um, you know, how do you have some self-love after maybe you've had abuse, neglect, or something like that. But just in general, how how do I practice that? So, and you know, my pat answer always is, well, I already did episodes on 
you know, self-esteem and self building self-confidence. I've already done episodes on self-acceptance and self-compassion, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, I, you know, I never want to do something where I don't have diff something different to say, something new to give you. And so there's a lot of topics that come at me sometimes. And I just, when people do, I, I'll respond and go, hey, go look at this or go look at that. Like, I've already done it. You know, I don't need to do it again. But I, I've realized more and more lately that, uh, first of all, when I go look, there are differences. I'm going to talk about those today. So I do have something new and different to say. And that it's really important to repeat some things because we just, you know, hearing it a few times or in different ways because I've also gotten lots of emails and uh, DMs and other things from all of you saying that it's really good. Like it, it finally kind of gets through whatever denial or, um, or, or un no self-love that's there. It finally kind of gets through and helps you really think differently uh, when you hear something repeated in different ways. So that's what we're doing today. And if you're not watching me on YouTube, you're missing my fabulous shirt and new necklace that I love. Uh, and if you are on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. <laughs> was that, was that a cool transition? <laughs> I'm actually appalled that people watch me do this when I had to start. Um, we just had so many requests and I really wasn't very interested in YouTube. You know, I don't, I don't do a lot in social media, as you all know, and YouTube included, but you know, to sit here and just hit the film button on something and just record as I'm doing it. I, I can do that for you. I love you that much. And for some folks, it's nice to, I guess, see me talk. I don't know. Um, so I do try to, you know, get dressed for you and do my hair. I, I try to, <laughs> I try to put in a little effort in our relationship. What are you wearing? I don't know, but it's okay. It's all good. We accept everyone. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about the difference between self-acceptance, self-esteem, and self-love, because they're often used interchangeably, but there really are key differences. And that I think it's the reason you maybe have had difficulty practicing one or all of these concepts in the past is that you're grouping them all together. So let's get clear. And, and actually, before I get really clear, let me say this too. I would like anyone listening, I want you to get to really think about coming over to the website. I don't get money when you come to my website. It's not, it's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for you to come because there is so much friggin' information on there. Again, free, free. You don't have to put in your email, nothing. But I have like right now, like so this, this every episode I do, there's a corresponding blog post. It's under relationship tips and tools. So if you're driving or at work or someone you can't take notes or you're not sure of your notes later, instead of listening to the whole thing again, you could just go over to the relationship tips and tools, go to the corresponding blog post, same name, I always give them the same name, and and go look there. And all the links are there, links to the research, links to past episodes I've done that I talk about when I say, uh, for example, I've, I've done one on self-esteem, I've done one on self you know, all the things I mentioned, they're all linked there. So you don't have to go hunt, you don't have to go find things. It's all right there on the page. Isn't that nice? It's also on the podcast page. Um, that's shorter. We do what we call show notes on the podcast page where it just has a lot of the links. But everything, I mean, you know, so <laughs> more is more is on the relationship tips and tools corresponding blog post. So I just want to say that out loud. So I'm not going to repeat it again during the broadcast that where to go find this stuff. Now you know. 
Okay. But make it a habit. Go on over there, hang out, send people, look at things, relook at uh, information to, to help it sink in. It's why I do, you know, I put a lot of, as you know, a lot of love and effort into each episode. And I, I do it so that you really can learn the thing and, and really integrate it. Okay. So let's start with self-esteem. Self-esteem is variable. It's a state, not a trait. It's, yeah. It's, it comes and goes. Self-esteem is how you think about yourself really in a given situation. Nobody, nobody feels 100% good about themselves all the time. Of course not. If I had to take a math test tomorrow, my self-esteem would likely take a hit, okay? If I had to walk a runway with a bunch of supermodels, I don't know who would ask me, but you know we're making stuff up here. I've no doubt my self-esteem would would wobble and I'd maybe I'd feel a little self-conscious, a little less than, right? But if I give a talk, it's I'm really good at the public speaking thing. Uh, and so that's a space I feel really confident. My self-esteem feels very high in those situations. So when we have healthy self-esteem, we can take those kind of negative hits, the math test, the the supermodel comparison, and we can bounce back to feeling confident and good about ourselves. You know, this is called resiliency. But either way, self-esteem can change given a situation. It's conditional and it's variable, okay? Self-acceptance is not. It's unconditional. Practicing self-acceptance means you accept and even embrace, I'm going to go there, all the parts of yourself unconditionally, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful. When you practice self-acceptance, you're accepting your body, your thoughts, your feelings, uh, what others think, what you think. It doesn't mean you don't want to improve areas of your life. Of course we all do, but it means you're also okay with where you are right now. Get it? Are we there? Are we seeing it? (laughs) Okay. Self-love is a daily practice which increases self-esteem and (gasps) self-acceptance. I made that up for this. I have to tell you, I'd never thought of it in these ways. But again, when I was laying this all out and thinking this through, like, what do I have different to say? That's what I realized. Think of self-love as self-nurturing, right? Think of self-love as self-nurturing. How am I paying attention to my feelings and being kind, compassionate, and patient with myself every day? And when you look up the definition of nurturing, it means to care for and encourage growth and development. So I use that as a lens for how I treat myself on a daily basis, right? On a daily basis. I'm, am I encouraging myself? How am I talking to myself in my head? Am I doing something that's going to build my growth again, but through encouragement and love and inspiration, not through negative motivation and a mean inner voice? Self-love also means setting healthy boundaries. It means forgiving yourself when needed. It means treating yourself with kindness and respect the same as you do for others. It's really about taking the time to care for your mental and your physical health. I actually looked up the American Psychological Association. They have this whole, um, uh, uh, like a dictionary, 
of terms. And I use that sometimes because it's, I'll, I'll, again, I'll link to it. Uh, the American Psychological Association defines self-love, I thought maybe they have it in here, and they did, as having regard for your own well-being and contentment. I love that definition. Thank you, APA. Having regard, regard for your own well-being and contentment. It doesn't say being a selfish, crazy bitch. It doesn't say being a narcissist. It doesn't say anything else. It says having regard, having a thought, ha putting it somewhere in the, the list of what's important, prioritizing. That's what that means for your own well-being and contentment. It's beautiful. I want you to think of self-love as a daily activity for self-care, like brushing your teeth, uh, keeping yourself hydrated, drinking your water. Self-care is something you do throughout the day by checking in with yourself, right? So self-love is something you do throughout the day by checking in with yourself, paying attention to how you feel, and having nurturing healthy habits to feel serene and at ease. Yeah, so self-love to me of those three is a verb. That's the verb. <laughs> That's... It's the action. Okay. So hopefully that gave you a little aha moment. I know I had an aha moment when I wrote it. Um, you might be just there going, I don't know what you're talking about, Abby. Okay. So why is self-love so hard? I probably get asked that more than anything. Like, why is this tough? And I think it's hard mostly for three reasons. It, there's obviously tons of reasons and we are complex creatures, but all in all, I think it boils down to three. One is some past history of trauma, abuse, or neglect, which has left you feeling unlovable at this deep cellular level. So self-love just feels impossible because you're you feel no value in yourself from these things, this this un, unresolved trauma that has happened. Again, I'll link in the show notes to all the things I have on trauma and how to change that and all that. It, pretty much anything I'm talking about, there's going to be links. I had so many links in this episode <laughs> to other things to help you. So if you hear something that you're like, oh, I need to learn more about that, then just come on over and all of them are there and you can go learn more. The second reason I see the most is because our brains are built for negativity. So we lean towards negative thoughts over positive ones about ourselves, about situations. I've talked about this a ton. Uh, we just, that's what we do. So of course it shows up here too. And the third reason I think self-love is really hard is because we have faulty beliefs, generally from childhood, but we get some of them in adulthood too. So we think that self-love, what I hear the most is it means you're being selfish, self-indulgent, or even narcissistic. And I will tell you, but so there's a million things I could say right here, but self-love is built on self-awareness and a realistic understanding of ourselves. Narcissists are not self-aware at all. Self-love isn't feeling self-important. It's feeling as important as everyone else. I will say that again, self-love isn't self-importance. It's just feeling as important as your mom and your friend and your boss and your partner. That's all. It's a faulty belief. I hear a lot that love is hard. Relationships are tough. 
love can be the easiest thing in the world. Look at little kids, watch any little toddler. They love love. <laughs> they are looking to have fun. They're looking to be at peace. They'll let you know how they feel. They, uh, you don't have to do much really to keep them happy. Um, I'm not saying it's easy, but you know, it's a lot of work for toddlers, but they really are just these little love bugs, just flying around little fairies of love flying around doing their thing. When not interrupted in an unhealthy, sick environment. They are, we are built for love. We're built for love people. We really are. So yeah. So self-love to me should be a right of, you know, it's just is, should be an is. And I know it's not, I understand it. I too have, I battle, I've battled self-love. I get it. Like I've, you know, been in the trenches, people. I understand where we're coming from. And and it's true that it it doesn't need to be hard okay okay so as we say that let's get into our five ways to cultivate self-love in your life and i spent i spent a lot of time here i gotta tell you some sometimes when i get topics they just roll right out other times i have to really sit because there's so much i want to say and i can't have a seven hour podcast episode i mean i guess some people have written in hoping they're longer other people want them shorter i just for me i i try to be mindful that you you know it's just impossible to take in too much information at once it gets overwhelming so i try to just distill all the time so believe it or not every podcast starts it would be two hours i i probably start with 10 pages of notes <laughs> And then I, I sort of call it down to where it is. Um, so really thinking of, I because I, 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 I originally started with 10 and I thought 10 is a lot. So here's five ways. And I have to admit in some of them, I have a couple things. So, so maybe it is 10 and I'm lying to myself and calling it five, but you be, you be the judge. All right. First and foremost, to cultivate self-love, you gotta be self-aware and present in your moments. So yeah, already I'm sneaking two into the first one because as I've mentioned many, did I say many? Did I say many times? As I've mentioned many times before, did I say that I've mentioned this many times before? <laughs> Self-awareness and mindfulness in, in your moments, are, are they're two different things. Again, I've discussed them before many, many times. Again, all linked in the show notes, come on over and in the blog. But so you need to first focus on building your self-awareness. That's how you build self-love. Before you can love yourself, you need to see yourself as you truly are, not through the negative lens of your parents or your partner or all the bullshit you've told yourself for years or whatever. You need to be, have an accurate self-assessment. And talk talking about self-awareness, <laughs> that's what it really comes down to this accurate self-assessment it this and so really when we're talking about again earlier childhood trauma or other um again or neglect or abuse or anything were or it could be trauma from an earlier romantic relationship you've had or something else or sometimes there's trauma with coaches all kinds of people can uh come into your life at a certain place and and a trauma situation can be created but when we have an accurate self that's the whole thing you know all of these things are really quote unquote, reality lying to us. And again, our brain is leans towards negative. So you're not seeing things as realistically as you think you are. That's, that's the bottom line. 
And as we work on our self-awareness, and again, linking in the show notes to all the things I've done in self-awareness and how to improve your self-awareness and the four ways I have to do that, blah, 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 you'll see that these things really start to make sense in a new way. So really what it means when you have self-awareness is that you start disputing, again, all the bullshit you tell yourself and all the faulty beliefs you've held. So a link for, you know, rational motive therapy, cognitive reframing, you know, I'll I'll link to all those, but I want to give you a quick exercise right now, which kind of incorporates some of those things. If, cause maybe you're sitting there like, I'm not going to your website, Abby, I'm never going back to look at any other episode you've done. So that's okay. You're still going to get help today. Uh, Take a sheet of paper, divide it into two columns. On the, in the left column, the first column, write down your beliefs about self-love. So, you know, self-love is selfish. You know, you're supposed to care about uh, others more than yourself. I don't, God said, I don't know what you think it says. Um, Right? Whatever you think is true, write that in that first column. Then in the second column, write, really what you're doing is writing what else could be true instead about each phrase that you wrote, okay? So if you, you know, self-love is narcissistic, then you could go in the other one and say, well, narcissism is actually a diagnosable condition. Uh, as Abby said, narcissism is, uh, self-impo- is self-importance on another level. It's people who don't care, they're not self-aware, they don't care about other people. I care deeply about other people, so that's not what this is. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like you write what else could be true? What else could be true? I'm not saying it is because your brain will have trouble with that, but what else could be true? Um, that That's how you do that. And what happens when you do that is you're starting to dispute these negative beliefs, these this faulty logic. And you know, one thing I'll say, you can really tell it is faulty logic when we have these ideas that, um, thinking of ourselves first or in any way is selfish or egotistical or self-indulgent or any of that bullshit. And I'll tell you how you know. It's because of this. So someone else asks you for something. They make a request. Your mom, your partner, someone. They make a request for you to do something. And in your end, but you have something else planned that day. And in your head, you're like, oh, I should cancel my plans to do theirs. Why isn't what they're asking for selfish. And sometimes you'll even say, oh, I had plans on Sunday, mom. I can't come over um, to help with dad. I don't know, right? And then your mom might say something like, oh, can you just cancel that? You know, we really need you here. <laughs> for some reason, that's not selfish. You you, you see what I, you, you, this is why it's a faulty self-assessment when a faulty logic. Why is it that everyone else isn't selfish, but only you are? How is that even, how can you possibly really think that in the world? And by the way, narcissists don't think they're selfish. They, they have, if, if you're sitting there right now thinking that you're never selfish, you might be leaning towards narcissistic tendencies. <laughs> Unless you're, you know, the Dalai Lama and you're the most like, like you really aren't selfish ever. You, you've done so much good work on yourself. You've really like, you know, done that inner work. I will tell you that I've been working on myself for years and I know sometimes I'm selfish. Of course I am. Sometimes it happens. I'm really tired or I'm in pain or something else and I, I get a little selfish. It's not usual, but it happens it, because again, we're all human 
thank you, welcome to the human race. But <laughs> again, to think it's only selfish when you do it and never ever when other people make a request, that's faulty logic. How can that possibly be? So I need you to, to, to think like that, to start to really, again, examine and have an accurate picture. And okay, so that's enough about that. So that's self-awareness. And then just as important as, as that, right, is to stay in your moment and be present, what we call mindfulness, as often as possible. You know, when you find yourself regretting the past or worrying about the future, there's no self-love there. There's no room for self-love in any of that. So it's very important or what other, you know, if you're out of the moment, like what other people are thinking or what if someone doesn't like it or that all of that is not self-love because you're not in your moment. When you're in your moment, you're just noticing, wow, I feel really sad or I feel really exhausted or I feel really whatever. And you get to let that count. Oh, I do feel exhausted. It's too much for me today to go to my mom's because maybe you have nothing else to do. You just feel really tired and you need to rest. Uh, you know you have a big week ahead. I can't tell you how many clients I have. I talk to them and they are in a mess when we talk maybe. They've had a horrible week and I'll say, oh my gosh, what happened? And they'll just tell me about this, you know, they have work or they had a, you know, uh, travel for work or they've had something else, whatever. So they're telling me all this stuff and I say to them, oh, what'd you do on the weekend? I'm changing my lights, sorry, as we talk. And I say, what'd you do on the weekend? And they'll tell me, oh, I had this, this, and this, and I went here and I did this, and the kids needed that, and then we went to the park, and then we, and I'm like, whoa, where, no wonder you've had a crappy week. You know, where was the pre-planning? Like, wow, I have a particularly hard week coming up. I need to make sure I have some time on Sunday or Saturday morning or whatever to rest. Say no to something. You don't have to go to everything. Even if you've already said yes to it, you can say no later. Yes, you can. I had a ton of travel um, last month. I just, I had like three trips to Southern California in like two weeks. I had all this shit going on, all this stuff going on. And you better believe I took a lot of care not overburdening myself in other ways. I also planned earlier, knowing I had those trips, making sure I had the podcast all done and my weekly love letter and all the things so that I wasn't feeling, you know, pressed till the end. I canceled clients where I needed to. I, you know, I really thought about how I needed to have more room because I know me and I don't want to be nuts. I don't ever want to do the podcast, for example, out of like obligation, like, oh, gotta go do it. Oh, it's gonna suck. Because trust me, you would feel it. You would feel it. I know you would. It would not feel like I spent time and gave you lots of love and really thought about it and that I'm happy to be here. You would know even through your car speaker, even, even in your AirPod, you would know because you would sense it that I'm not exactly where I want. Right now, I'm exactly where I wanna be. Love it. Love doing the episode, love recording. The only thing I think could be better is if we were doing it live with everybody and you got to ask questions as I went. That could be the only way it could be more fun. But other than that, having a ball. So you know it, you feel it. But when we start getting out of our head like that, when I, you know, when we start being overwhelmed, it's easy to lose track. Okay. And it's easy to not how do you practice self-love then? How do you feel good about yourself? It's really hard. You need to have some bandwidth there to do it. Okay, enough. Okay, I'm done with that one. <laughs> 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Number two, ways to cultivate self-love. Stop comparing and start appreciating. It is very mooey hard to practice self-love when we're, <laughs> mooey, why did I throw in Spanish? I don't know. It is super duper hard to practice self-love when we're comparing ourselves to others in any way. An issue I kind of always have with clients is that they compare themselves to the false fronts other people show the world all the time, even though you know it's bullshit because you do the same thing on your Instagram account or to your neighbors or to however. I don't know why you think other people are different. I Very recently, I had this, a woman who was comparing herself to this uh, other woman in her friend group, and they had all gone away for like the not spring break, the one before, because this is a couple months ago, but they'd all got away and this this woman had planned everything and they all went to like Hawaii and they, um, and this, this other woman in her group, you know, has three kids and talks about rock star sex with her husband and works full time and is such a badass, blah, blah, blah. And my client is exhausted with two kids and barely could pull it together and get there. She forgot, like, <laughs> she forgot her kids' bathing suits. When they get to Hawaii and she realized she has no bathing suits for her children, um, you know, I I was I was like, yeah, girl, we've all been there. We've all done. I've done that. I've literally done that exact same thing. So she's comparing herself to this woman and all the time. And then later we find out that this woman has oh, and, the, and she's a size four and everything else, you know, realizes this woman has an eating disorder that found out that one of the kids has been cutting, found out that she was probably kind of lying about the rock star sex with her husband because the her at least her husband said something different to another husband that he wasn't getting sex or whatever. You know what I mean? Like a bunch of crap was going around. You've, you have no idea what's really going on behind closed doors. And I don't even know if this woman really has any disorder or not because we, we don't even know that. People are just making guesses. You don't know. So you could be thinking something negative that's not true or something positive that's not true because you don't know. And God forbid you are looking at someone's, you know, Instagram or whatever account and, you know, thinking that that's their truth. These highly curated pictures of these perfect vacations and their kids doing perfect things and dance routines with their partners and all that. It's great. I'm not saying people aren't happy who post happy pictures. I'm saying I talk to a lot of people 
and they're posting happy pictures and they're lying about it. Like they're, they don't feel that way. They're posting them actually because they feel like shit and this is the way that they feel okay in the world. So stop comparing yourself to others. And because, and as you're being more mindful, you'll notice more often when you're comparing and stop it immediately. Okay. You have no idea what's really happening with this person. And it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway. People are different with different capacities. Let's say that this woman, you know, on the Hawaii vacation, and it wasn't really Hawaii. And I've changed a lot of the pieces of this because I could never have you. I, I never, it's so funny. Clients will say, were you talking about me? Because I changed the story so much that it now seems like someone else. I'm like, no, I wasn't talking about you at all. Um, I'm always very careful with anonymity when I share stories. So always know that. But you know, let's you let's even say it's all true about this woman in Hawaii who's a size four and doesn't have an eating disorder and is having rock star sex and is all the things. Great for her, wonderful. I'm not her. I can't do all the same things. I have a different capacity. Maybe this person you don't know their background. Maybe they didn't have to overcome a drug addiction and a fucked up family, you know? Maybe they came uh, from a lot of money and privilege and really have had an easy go of it. Maybe they had super healthy, wonderful, loving parents. Maybe they just have a really great metabolism. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Like everyone is different. You know, some people really are able to do the rock star things. People look at Gary, I will tell you, my wonderful Gary, we love him so much. He's got so much energy, my man right? So much energy. He's going to be 60 a few months. He looks amazing. He's fit and gorgeous and happening. He He's, when I look at his fam, other family, his sisters and his mom, who's still living, they are incredible. They all look amazing, by the way. They all look like 10 at least years younger than they are. His sisters are gorgeous. And they all have all this energy. They're all really smart and laughing and loving. I, I, it's like, who is this family, right? It's not how my family looks, but this is how his family looks. And these are good genetics. I don't know what else to say. He's got good genetics going. Now he works hard on his body and everything else, but all of them look good. There's nobody obese in this family. There's everybody, you know, runs and works out and does things or is active. You know, this is something in this family and families are like this. It, it just, it happens. Uh, I happen, people, I don't know. You can, you can watch me right now on YouTube. A lot of people are surprised to hear I'm going to be pushing 60. You know, I, I, I don't know. I think I look every year of it, but other people think I look younger. It, it's genetics. I'm not, I don't, I don't have work done yet. I might though, so don't hold out. I, and I don't judge anyone who does it. I I have not at this point because uh, when you're a counselor, you have to be able to move your face completely. <laughs> I've had Botox maybe twice in my life. Um, is that true? Yeah, I think twice. Maybe three times? I can't even remember. It's been so long. Um, but regardless, I, you know, I don't know. I keep thinking maybe I'll get my lips done a little tiny bit. I don't know if I will or not. I haven't though because again, you know, I have to be able to move and express. You you can't have a counselor who can't move their face, right? And it's just, it's me. I'm aging. Oh, well. I dye my hair though. I sure do. I, I don't have any gray. You don't see gray hair if you're looking at me on YouTube. I got lots of gray hair. You know, it's not like I don't do anything. I My nails are done. You know, I my waxing is complete. You know, <laughs> I, I 
<laughs> there's things I've done. There's just certain things I haven't. It's genetics. Some of it is just, you know, what God, what God gave you, you know, what the genetics gave you. Uh, so it's okay. There's an energy level I have that other people don't have who are my age. Other people my age have more energy than I do. That's how it goes. You're always, you always have more energy than somebody and less energy than someone else. Stop comparing. <laughs> and if this is a big, big issue for you, this comparison thing where you're, you're probably doing it a lot without even noticing it, I'd like to ask you to at the very least limit, and I would even say eliminate social media. I spend so little time on social media. I really do. I, I, cause I do feel bad about myself when I go through it. I look at things, I start feeling bad. It is not how I want to get my information. It is not how I want to get my news or whatever. It's not how I want to connect with people. It's really not. I go on there occasionally to like when you guys DM and things like that. But I have a person who takes care of, I'm not embarrassed to say it, who takes care of my social media. All the words that are posted, everything, those are my words. You know, I, I write a lot. She takes things from my blog. She takes things from other places. I do some videos so that they can go up there. But I'm not actively on there kind of, you know, going through and saying thanks to everybody. You know, I do go back through, you know, she lets me know, hey, you have some likes on this or you have to. So every now and then I go through and I look. But if you DM me or anything, you know, it takes me a minute. It does because <laughs> I'm not on there all the time. So if this is an issue for you in any way, this comparison thing, I'd really like you to limit or eliminate time on social media. And we do know from the research that limiting social media to less than 30 minutes per day, and I, I even think that's a lot, excuse me, will improve your feelings of well-being. I'll, I'll link to that research. When you're trying to be accepting and get rid of self-judgment, it's very hard to do when you're looking at, again, these highly curated lives of others, all right? And again, people really are this way. I had a client recently who um, uh, has a new baby, and she sent me some pictures, right? And I was like, oh, these are so cute. And she had some pictures with her mother-in-law and some other people. and. She said, yeah, I try. She goes, I'm sending this to you because I, I tried to post them on Facebook, but I think it was Facebook or Instagram, whatever. But uh, some of the other people in the pictures asked her to take them down because they didn't like how they looked in her pictures with her baby. Can you believe this shit? I think it's shit. I think it's ridiculous. Like, really? Really? Like, come on now. I say with love. I'm, I'm going to say it with love. I really am. But I would like you to stop being that self-conscious that you take. And I know I've been with people and I have people I really love in my life who take 40 pictures of themselves before posting the one. I, you know, but you know, this is what people do. So why are you comparing? You, they're again, they're curating. They're getting the best, best angle, the best, best everything. They're they're putting their food in the best, best way. I, it's it's not real. I mean, it's real, but it's not real. So anytime you're thinking of comparing yourself to others, think of something you appreciate in your life instead. That's what I want you to do instead. So let's talk really quickly about appreciation for a moment. I've mentioned before to focus on appreciation and not gratitude, because when you appreciate something, you're really more fully in your moment. You take it off of autopilot and bring your focus. What you're doing is you're bringing your focus into the immediate, into the here and now, and you have full 
sensory awareness, which is how you feel things. When you just talk about things, it's very different. Oh, I'm grateful for my house. That's not, I don't feel anything right now when I say that, as opposed to, oh, I really appreciate right now having this talk with you. It feels really good to sit here and feel connected. See the difference? You can hear it in my voice, probably. It's very different to appreciate. So, and and you can, I've talked about this before, like switching things out of neutral and into the appreciation column. I was just, before I, uh, before I started recording today, I always make sure I've, you know, eaten something, drank some things. And so I was eating some almonds and because of course my desk drawer, you know, I have one of those drawers full of snacks, right? Because you know, I love food. And so of course I do. And, uh, <laughs> but often I can just, you know, grab, you know, and I, and I'm conscious always when I pull out the almonds, like I grab a small handful because as we all know, that could be 12,000 calories without trying too hard, but I'm often not conscious as I'm eating them. I'll be eating them as I work. And so I kind of taste them at some part of my brain, but I'm not really in the moment with them appreciating how, how crunchy they are, how salty goodness. Oh, I get salted almonds. Yes, I do. Uh, sometimes I get just raw, but anyway, you know what I mean? Like it's taking it off of autopilot and putting it into the moment. Sometimes I'm really appreciating those almonds. I, again, I'm noticing the crunch and the salt and how good they are. I appreciate that I have them in my office ready to go, right? That I have snacks that are healthy, right? You know, at my fingertips. Oh, I've got unhealthy snacks at my fingertips too, but I often will pick <laughs> the healthy ones at least most of the time. Uh, and so I'm appreciating them because I'm off of autopilot. And in the moment, I'm noticing them. And that that's appreciation. It's like seeing something with new eyes, right? They're just the same almonds I always eat. But I'm, I'm in the moment with those almonds and I'm feeling different. I do it with Gary sometimes. We'll just be sitting watching TV or something. And I really just take a moment. I don't go, oh, I'm so grateful I'm sitting here with Gary. I really think about, oh, he, it feels so good to sit here with Gary. You know, I'm, oh, I'm usually wrapped around one of his arms with like my head leaning on his shoulder and, you know, he's so solid. It always makes me feel safe. And I, I can just get in that moment of really feeling how good it is. We're, we're, we're cuddlers. We're, we're cuddly, we're a cuddly couple. We're a touchy couple and how good it feels just to be in his presence like that and to be touching him. That's appreciation as opposed to, oh, I'm really, you know, grateful for my relationship with my partner. It's, it's, it's more out there. You're kind of distancing yourself. So you want to bring it closer. Okay. Number three ways to cultivate third way. Number three, <laughs> the third way to cultivate self love is boundaries, 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 boundaries. And these are not in order. Like this really could easily be first. Uh, any of them could be five. They're all first. They're not in any particular order. But boundaries are love. I say it all the time. Boundaries are love. Boundaries aren't just self-love. They're love of others. They're It's being respectful of ourselves. It's being respectful of others and our relationships. If you want to get better at self-love, you got to start making and holding boundaries with others. I would say this, you know, I don't have a new way to say it. So setting boundaries and again, and holding them, it's it's not a boundary if you don't hold it. It's only a wish or a standard if you don't hold it, okay? So holding the boundaries is really the key to true emotional closeness and intimacy. When you don't set or keep a boundary, you know what happens. You feel, you get end up with all the fear-based emotions. When When you don't hold a boundary, not going over to your mom's house on Sunday, 
even though you said you wouldn't and you couldn't, and then you're like, okay, I'll come. This is fear-based. You get resentful. You feel helpless. You feel hopeless. You sometimes feel rage. You feel frustration. You feel exhaustion. That This isn't love. This isn't love for your mom that you feel all these things. Are you kidding me? You can't build a healthy relationship on those feelings, especially the one with yourself. Now you're mad at yourself. Why don't I ever listen to myself? Why don't I keep my boundaries? And then, or you go, oh, I'm just always so tired. There's something wrong with me. I should be able to be at someone's beck and call and not be tired. Some other bullshit you tell yourself makes me crazy. Yeah, I'm getting loud. Yeah, I start to swear. Makes me nuts. When, and let me say this, really with love, when you don't hold a boundary, you're being fake. Fake. You are not showing the other person the true you. When you don't say what you really feel and need, you're not speaking your truth. And that's why you end up feeling disconnected and isolated. How is this helping your relationship? You, do you go to your moms and go, you know, I'm really resentful and angry that I'm here helping you with your thing. You know, you don't because you just do it like, and you give a backhanded bullshit, you know, you, you give her some backhanded, you know, complaint, you passive aggressive, just plain aggressive or whatever, right? You paste that smile on your, that fake, fake ass smile on your face. What the hell are you doing? Either be there in full love, be there like, Sometimes I do that. You know, sometimes I have other stuff going on and I figure out like, wow, this is really something important that I have to be there for this person in whatever way. And, or maybe I'm noticing that I'm isolating a lot and I'm not helping others very much that, so I, I, again, I kind of look at the whole picture. How can I help others and still be, you know, loving to myself? How do I do this? So how do I show up fully embracing whatever's happening? right? You can do it, but you've got to separate how you're feeling, how they're feeling. It's not helping your relationships to show up and be resentful. It's not truly serving the other person when you're actually disconnecting from them later on. If you're bitching and moaning to anyone else later about your mom or your friend or your dad or your boss, what is that? It's so terrible. You're Unless you're talking to your therapist about it, that's fine. That's not bitching and moaning. That's talking to your therapist about it so you can work it out. Otherwise, why, that's loving to complain about them. It's better to draw the boundary. And again, it's no one else's job to hold your boundary. It's yours. It is yours. I say this over and over because I love you and because it's the truth. Do not look to other people to hold your boundary. You're not even holding your boundary. Why on earth should they hold it? So stop blaming other people and start taking responsibility. Okay. The fourth way to cultivate self-love, make sure your inner <clears throat> dialogue is kind. I'm going to have a sip of water. Hold on. Okay. Make sure your inner dialogue is kind. Negative self-talk, you know, that inner dialogue, that negative inner dialogue, I find shows up in a lot of really sneaky ways. And again, I did a whole episode on silencing your inner critic. So again, a link to all of it. Come on over. I think after every episode, you should come to the website and just look at all the links and see if there's anything you want to dig deep on. But anyway, so it comes up in these, I think, very sneaky ways. So yeah, buts, you know, the yeah, buts. Uh, well, yeah, I did good on that test, but it's because the professor is really easy. You know what I mean? It's like a yeah, but. That's negative self-talk. That's not nice. Um, always or never 
language or why can't I ever language, that is generally negative. Constant, just constant criticism of yourself, negative. Uh, telling yourself you're not good enough, that there's something wrong with you, that you're broken somehow. Ugh, yikes. We know positive self-talk has gotten a lot of, um, what has it gotten? A lot of criticism. And I understand why, because it's often done in the quote unquote wrong way. So I, and I've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast. Again, I'll link to all these episodes on how to do it correctly. But let me say this, positive self-talk from the research has been linked to many benefits. Living longer, and if you're nice to yourself, you're going to want to live longer. Lower rates of depression and anxiety. Stronger immunity. I know. I know. Better psychological and physical well-being. Better cardiovascular health. And a reduced risk of death from cardiovascular disease. Talk about specifics. Better coping skills when things are hard or stressful, so you're more resilient. Higher relationship satisfaction. There's a ton of research on this. The research shows stronger, more connected relationships that also have more longevity when we have more positive self-talk. I know. Again, I've chatted before about how negative self-talk and your inner critic have to go. Again, I'll link to it. But I want to mention one of the tools I discussed in that episode now. And there's other tools. So, you know, if you like this, go back and listen to the other ones. But what, I, what I'd like you to focus on now is to focus on more accurate self-talk, more accurate self-talk. I mentioned this earlier, but I want to come deep, a little deeper on it right now. As you hear yourself saying that you never know what to say or that you always clam up at work, you know, any of that always or never language, I want you to, and again, as you're mindful and self-aware, you'll be able to stop yourself and do this. I want you to stop yourself and get more real and accurate with your language. So it might be, um, it might be, oh, it's true that I've been having trouble talking to my boss lately, but I've certainly been in many meetings where I had no problem voicing my opinion. There you go. It's not true that my husband never has my back. There have been absolutely times when he's been there for me. And if you can, I would put in the specifics, right, of times he was there for you. If uh, I can never do anything right, you know, when you hear your, that kind of negative self-talk, uh, yep, I I messed up. I messed. Yep, I messed that up today. <laughs> sure did. Sure screwed the pooch on that one. Sometimes I'm on it, and sometimes I'm not because I'm not perfect. I what, I what I want is for you to notice what we psychologists call catastrophizing or generalizing statements and break them down into these more accurate, true statements, okay? And another way to do this, or another little tip around this, because I'm full of tips today, that's what I do, is to get to get around negative self-talk, you can add yet to the end of your sentences. Your, your inner critic, when you're speaking to yourself so negatively, there is no room for growth or for change. You end up really what you're doing is talking yourself into a corner where you're stuck with no options. But when you add the word yet to your sentences, uh, I haven't figured this out, right? Oh, I haven't figured this out. I can't figure this out. Becomes, I haven't figured this out yet. My relationship is, oh, it's just a shit show. It's like so terrible. We haven't been able to improve our relationship yet. 
You know, we've never been able to make changes that stick yet. Do you see the yet? The word yet, and this is uh, based on the work of Carol Dweck, who I love, uh, Growth and Fixed Mindset. If you haven't gotten the book um, about mindset, oh my gosh. Anyway, she's an amazing researcher. Um, she talks about this a lot. The word yet offers uh, hope possibilities, brainstorming, problem solving. So instead of feeling just, you know, overwhelmed and paralyzed, you feel hope. Again, you feel like you can solve something, like you can get to it. You just haven't gotten there yet. The other thing, because I'm full of tips today, you can do is start practicing loving kindness, meditate, kindness meditations on the daily. There's a lot of research showing that loving kindness meditation has a huge amount of benefits. Okay. Again, research, real research, and this particular kind of meditation. It helps you shut off your inner critic and that negative voice in your head and reduce self criticism. It also reduces depressive symptoms. It decreases negative emotions and increases positive ones. It increases feelings of social connection and decreases loneliness. It's effective even in small doses, small doses, small doses. <laughs> Research shows you can literally do just a 10 minute meditation and feel more connected and happier. It increases your compassion, your empathy for other people. It's even been shown to decrease migraines and chronic pain. How much more do you need? I, on YouTube right now, and I will again link to it here, but you can just go on YouTube, Abby Metcalf, loving kindness. I there's a, there's a way that the research shows that the loving kindness meditations need to be set up, and I have followed that protocol in the one I did. You don't have to put in your email. You don't have to do anything. You just listen to it for free, <laughs> uh, right? Do that. Do that once a day, once a week, something a few times a week, that will absolutely, we know it from the research, it's going to help you. I always feel differently after I've listened to a loving kindness meditation. You don't have to listen to mine. There's tons of them out there. Do it. All of those are ways to talk more kindly to yourself. And the fifth way to cultivate self-love is to make it a daily practice. If you're, if you're serious, if you're really serious about getting better at self-love, self-love, You'll track it as a daily practice. My suggestion is to take a moment every evening and identify three ways you practice self-love that day or start with one way or two ways, but I would love three. It should mostly be things you deem as quote unquote, like small, uh, keeping your appointment with your therapist, that is self-love. Saying you wanted Chinese food instead of the Italian food your partner wanted for dinner, that is self-love. Uh, saying no to something so you can go take yourself on a walk, self-love. Drinking water all day, you know, at your office or at your desk, self-love. Do you see where I'm going here? All self-love. Self-love is a skill and like any skill, it takes practice. So don't expect to be good at it necessarily right away. It might be difficult in the beginning to note things that are in the, you know, self-love camp, but you'll, you'll get the hang of it eventually. You really, really will. Uh, Another little tip, and maybe it's my probably my last tip for the day, is put out a picture of yourself as a kid. Find a picture of yourself as a kid, or as young as you not too not infant, but like a little toddler, a little kid, seven, eight, nine. I would say anything up to like age ten, and put it in a frame 
and maybe get a few of them put and, and put a few frames around the house of yourself as a kid. And think of that kid. Be self-loving for that kid. They deserve it. When you hear any negative self-talk in your head, ask yourself if, if you would say that to the kid in the picture. If you're thinking, I'm such a piece of shit, I never do anything right, I am somehow broken, would you say that to the seven-year-old little person in the, in the picture? You are broken. There's something really wrong with you. You're a piece of shit. No way. No way. You would speak to them in a very different voice. You'd feel terrible for them because you know what they've gone through. You now... Because of time, the passage of time, you can look back and connect the dots and see why, you know, how that kid got kind of twisted and became, you know, maybe some of the twisted parts of yourself today. How would you speak to them instead? How would you talk to them? That is daily practice of self-love. You really, what you want is to make self-love a verb for that kid in the photo. Make self-love a verb, at least for them. And obviously that's doing it for you too. But in, in that way, I think you can really see yourself. That, that's the accurate self-assessment. That's the truth. That little kid is you. You know, we're all of ourselves. You know, these, these are all components of who we are today and how we present in the world. And our younger selves are absolutely a part of that. And they deserve our, our time, our compassion, our intention, our attention. Uh, they deserve, you know, a lot of love. You deserve a lot of love. I love you. I love you right now. I'm feeling that. I'm taking that in. I'm sending that out. It's, I'm really happy to do this episode because I want you to feel that. I want you to start cultivating self-love for yourself. You deserve it. You need, it's, it's, you do. I promise. I, I, you might be thinking, oh, you don't know, Abby, you don't know about my past or what I've done, or trust me, I've done many heinous things in my life that I'm still trying not to feel shame for. And it doesn't mean I'm any less deserving. I deserve love. I'm doing my best right now. I did the best with the tools I had then, and I'm doing the best with the tools I have now. And that's all I can do in this world. And that's all you could do in this world. All right. So come on over to the website. Come see me on social media. Come follow me on Instagram or wherever you want to be. You know, TikTok. I'm everywhere. <laughs> um, you know, I put out stuff to help inspire you. Sign up for my weekly love letter. If you don't, I got many thousands of people on there who love, I send out just love every week, inspiration. If you like the podcast at all, you will love being on my love letter list. I will tell you that right now. It comes out once a week. You can read it or not. It's I try to make it not too long. And it's just a dose of inspiration. There's nothing... Um, I don't sell things from there. The only thing I ever do is when I have a new product, I put a coupon in there for you. Uh, So you get like a deal. But other than that, I'm not, that's not what it's for. It's it's not for like tricking you into anything. It is because I love you. And it's another way I get to show you that and help you help me make a better world. So if you're more motivated, more uh, feeling more excited about life, feeling more inspired, I know you're going to be doing good things out there. And I need you to be doing good things out there because I'm trying my best. uh, Let's all try our best and, and really create a world we're really proud of. 
I love you. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.